it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. This episode is brought to you by CHC Business and Tax Solutions, Inc. Contact us today at 248-802-5571 or at our website at chcbts.com. That's chcbts.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode with you. I had the pleasure in interviewing AJ Williams. I've been knowing AJ for a while. And I actually read her book. Uh, it's called Kick-Ass, A Chick's Guide to Living a Kick-Ass Life. And I decided to name this episode that because that is exactly what I feel like we discussed. We had a very uh, transparent conversation. I think we all can learn a lot from AJ. And I really enjoyed just how authentic she is with herself and how true to herself she is and how she really expresses what she truly believes. Because there's so many people out there today who are not being their true selves. And I know for many years, I was not being true to myself. And now I'm to the point where I just don't care. It's all about just being authentically me. And I think AJ feels the same way. And so I really, truly think you're going to enjoy this interview. Here is a little bit of her bio. AJ Williams is a media personality and author with experience in print, radio, and television. She is the city lifestyle editor for Michigan Chronicle and a social plug on Live in the D, what's happening around the D. Her lifestyle brand, Chickdom, and singleblackchick.com focus on chick power and inspiration. She is also a motivational speaker and a writer on topics of personal development and self-love. Through these platforms, AJ shares her candid take on relationships, life, and spiritual wellness, using her experience as a catalyst to empower women to embrace their skin, sexuality, and soul. I truly think you're going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, AJ Williams. Welcome, AJ. What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? <laughs> hey, what's up? I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Good, good, good. So before we get into everything, I love to, like, find out something, uh, like a fun fact about all my guests. So tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. I've been engaged four times. <laughs> Girl! Four times. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Wait a minute. laughs> Four times. Amen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's funny to me. I always tell people, girl, I could get married in a minute if I wanted to, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I got me I got engaged four times. I was young. I got engaged four times before I actually got married. Uh uh Ralph. How was I like 27, 28 when I actually did get married? But yeah, up until then, I had got engaged like four times, and my friends was calling me like instead of the runaway bride, like the runaway fiance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's interesting. That is, yes, Yes. that's something that a lot of people don't know. (laughs) So, you have the but have you haven't been engaged in the recent years, have you? No, no, no. After I actually got married, I and then that uh, that ended. I was like, ah, I'm just gone. I'm gonna chill for a minute. So I've enjoyed being single thus far. It's been uh, it's been a good ride. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So you're in the media now and everything. Is this something that you always wanted to do? Did you were you always writing when you were growing up? And you know, is that something you always want to do? Writing has always been uh, acting, media, like. That kind of thing has always been in my blood since I was uh, young, but 
when I got in high school, I was actually the editor. I was going to high school and, you know, I come up with really humble beginnings and I was tired of being on a struggle. I was, you know, I was a kid, but still I wanted to make some money, money. And, you know, coming out of college journalism, you know, reporters don't make that much. It's very much a passion project. And as you kind of go up in the ranks and, you know, you develop your career, you know, then your career becomes very lucrative. But in the initial parts, it's not. So I end up doing finance instead. And I end up going the banking route and I end up getting series six, 63, um, life health. I was doing wealth portfolio management when I got really, really stressed out when I was married. And I just didn't feel like I was living my authentic self. I was like, you really wanted to be me. I was making really good money. Um, I was married. My husband was fine. We had this great house. We had this like great life, but I really wasn't fulfilled and I really wasn't happy. So I ended up making some major decisions. I ended up getting divorced. I quit my job. I stayed on my best friend's couch and her, well, in her spare bedroom for like six months trying to figure out what I was going to do in my life. And I decided to go back for communications. And I started, um, it's funny because I think, you know, the universe brings nuggets in. So prior to me getting, changing jobs, People I started in my job, I was dealing with clients that were in media. So one of my very good clients, who's like one of my best friends, one of my biggest mentors to this day, actually introduced me to my now publisher, my boss. And I was just writing a little blog talking about, it was called Love, Words, and Wisdom. It was my very first blog. And I was just writing about like relationships and what I was feeling and what I was going through. And so he introduced me to him. In the same time, Mason um, from the radio station was one of my clients, and he introduced me to Angie Starr. And Angie Starr actually started this thing called Girl Talk Tuesdays. And she was like, if you're really serious about this blog, I'm going to have you come in and be on the radio with me on Tuesdays. And so I, it was just all by, I, I don't want to say by happenstance, but by grand design. And I really loved it. I loved it so to the point that I didn't care about the money. Um, so I started writing for the Michigan Chronicle used to have a thing called Front Page Detroit. And I started writing for okay. them as a blog. Yeah, I wrote a, a, a relationship column for like maybe about a year for free. Like that's why when people would be talking about they want to get paid, I was like, yeah, I pay your dues. I wrote it for free. And my boss really, who's now one of my greatest friends and one of my biggest mentors, he really saw, uh, you know, my drive and my talent. And then it just proceeded from there. I helped build our, our digital department because I'm, I'm an undercover techie. And um, that turned into me being a web editor. That turned into me launching um, our city lifestyle project. That turned me into now the managing editor and kind of doing both roles. And then the books and stuff like that. <laughs> awesome. like chicken, all of that. So that's kind of the the trajectory of how I got there. So it's always been a passion. I derailed, but I always I came back. That's interesting. So I would have never like I couldn't see you doing finance anyway. Though I know people who make finance fun, but you just have such an outgoing personality. Mm -hmm. You know, finance could just be a bunch of, you know. <laughs> yeah, girl. I mean, I feel you. I had the hard, but I did. I had the fair, faucet, feather hair. I wasn't natural. I was completely a different, literally <laughs> a different person. Boss. And it's literally like complete, like two piece suits. Like you see, I'm in the office now with like a hoodie with some leggings and stuff on, which is so much more me. Uh, which is kind of part of, you know. I think a lot of times some things don't happen don't happen just for you. Like, I think we go through things to be, depending on your call in your life, to be a blessing to other people. So I'm very big about owning your voice and things like that, because I didn't in my earlier 20s and beginning of my 30s, I really was doing what everybody else expected of me. You know, go to school, graduate, you know, get married, all of these things without really kind of connecting to who I was. Um, so really kind of understanding and owning my boyfriend and getting the fact that, yes, I'm a little extra. Yes. I'm a little flamboyant. Yes. But that's okay. Cause it's genuinely who I am. Um, it took me some time to kind of get there, but I, I do, I love, I love my skin and I don't think I could have gotten here and speak so, you know, so passionately about it without going through those steps. So that's kind of where the book was birthed. Um, 
like in the book, I talk about like all of the first chapters is like the girl who did this, the girl who did that, the girl who did this. And then the last chapter is as the woman who kicked ass because it was a growth. It was a journey. It was a process. So I'm excited to see what's next. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for you too. So you actually created not one, but two lifestyle brands. Tell us a little bit about, uh, I know you created Single Black Chick first. So how did that come about? Um, Single Black Chick came about, <laughs> I've, I've said it on a couple of other interviews, off of a very horrible New Year's Eve date. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. It was probably, and it's so funny, literally, I just ran into the guy probably two weeks ago and we were laughing about it. Um, it was bad. It was a really, really bad date. And up until that time, I don't think, I mean, I had dates that weren't like really good or, you know, you just didn't connect. But this was just like the epitome. It should have been on a movie. It was so bad. Everything that could have went wrong went wrong. He got super drunk. It was just really, really bad. <laughs> So when I got home, I was like so frustrated and I'm really a, a, a firm believer of not holding things in. Um, so I needed a place. Writing has always been therapeutic for me. So I really just created Single Black Chick out of the frustration of being single, being Black and being a chick and really wanted this space where I could talk and vent and really also not male bash but kind of like really wanted to do this whole big girl panties thing because at the end of the day I had to reflect on myself on why did I choose to go to the date on this guy and seeing some of the red flags and really I think it's real easy for women to be like men aren't this and men aren't that and trust me they got their own set of problems but I'm very big on being accountable to yourself first Mm -hmm. um and you know so kind of going that and it's it went really deep into kind of really being whole and complete and it became this movement very unconsciously that I wasn't anticipating and it became it, it started to kind of take a life on its own um so it was a super dope brand it's still one of my strongest brands we're actually about to do some deep dive into single black chick this year it kind of got pushed to the back burner because of the book um and partly because I wanted to separate myself from it I had become so much of like people just identified me as that and the type of person I am I don't like to be kind of locked into one thing because I have so many different ideas and I'm I have a lot of different layers to me so I wanted to kind of separate myself from it um to kind of let it be its brand on its own while still kind of functioning from behind so I could develop and do some other things where I felt like I was growing and the universe was taking me. So that was single black chick or that is single black chick rather. <laughs> and then you birthed Chickdom. So what is Chickdom? So Chickdom, um, from a very little girl, I never, I grew up with all, all boys. I have all brothers. I'm the only girl. So I was, I'm always, I was always the weird kid that was like, hi, be my friend <laughs> because I didn't have any, you know, I had just boys. And so I've always wanted sisters. I really did wish I had sisters. I was always jealous of my friends that had sisters and had this sister bond. And I have such a big passion for women. Um, you know, just knowing what we go through, our complexities and things like that and how many hats we wear and all of the stuff that comes with us. And I wanted a place where I could really like uplift and inspire. So kind of really understanding who I am. I'm a person that creatively, I need structure, but I need big structure. So I envisioned Chickdom like this big mansion that I could wake up and go into different rooms and talk about different things without feeling very like, you know, so trying to be my need for constant change and creativity, but also feed my need for structure. Um, so it was a place where chicks can go. And it, it talks, it, you know, it blurs a little bit with single black chick, but chick them is really, um, it's my media, it's what I've listed my media company under because I wanted to develop books and content under that. I wanted to develop myself more as a speaker under that and then that was also the place where I was talking a little bit more about spirituality versus just relationships um, but sometimes relationships it was just a place where you know we can get up and kind of converse and talk about anything that happened instead of a kingdom it's kind of like a chickdom it's like our own world 
Um, so I'm diving deeper into that. Uh, but as I'm very big with how the universe takes me. So that was the goal. The goal was to do that. I always wanted to write a book, but then the book came up and the way it came up, I was like, okay, you know, I was just about to turn 40 and I was like, I, I really think this is a life's work. And the beauty of single black chick, chick them and the books, they all kind of intertwine. So they all carry kind of the same themes and just different slightly versions of genres, you know, chick them because I had a lot of people that liked what I was saying, but I think some women felt like they could connect because, oh, well, I'm married or I'm in a relationship. And I'm like, well, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about some chicken black chick can still be relevant or vice versa. So that's where chick them is at. It's not as it's not as structured, but it's more inspiring. And I have some really big visions for uh this next 2020 decade that um, I'm excited about with it. Awesome. Awesome. So you, you spoke a lot about the book. So the book is, you know, the chick's guide to living a kick-ass life. So yes. uh, tell us what is your definition of living a kick-ass life? If you could just sum it up. Um, I think living a kick-ass life is being your authentic self. And I know that sounds kind of cliche and it sounds kind of really easy, uh, but some of the hardest things in life are the easiest things to kind of comprehend, but the hardest things to do. So I think people, especially in social media age, people struggle a lot with trying to be who they genuinely are um, because I don't think we take the time to really identify ourselves from birth we're often told who we are or who our self-identity our self-concept based upon you know how your upbringing is i was just having a conversation with my best friend the other day she has three children and they're you know all under 14 um 14 like eight and four and i was telling her you know i don't have kids but i said you know you have to consider the fact that you can't blanket parent you know you can't parent every child the same way uh because your children have different personalities but and thankfully the generation that we're coming into now people are really kind of embracing that more but like old school parenting like i came up and it was like nah bruh you this <laughs> and this is your expectations and this is who you're going to be regardless of who you are so I think as we develop and we get older, we really start to identify and being able to be whole and complete and, and content. I don't really want to say happy because that's a fleeting emotion, but being able to be whole and content and accept and love who you are is one of the biggest things that you can, biggest, best things that you can do for yourself. Often it's, it's one of the hardest things to do. So I think that's the foundation of living a kick-ass life because if you are not wholly complete on your own, then you put yourself at being able to, you're just moving based upon trying to find different things outside of yourself. Um, so that's what the book really talks about. Um, you know, we can, we talk about, and don't get me wrong, trust me, a girl love a bad bag, okay? <laughs> like, and I'm, a, I'm a, a nut for certain types of fashions and I, I'm not, I don't preach from a perspective that material uh, things or wealth isn't a good thing. It's a good thing in its place because, but it's not foundational. So kick-ass is really talking about the internal foundational things that we need. Mm -hmm. So that when you do get, you know, married, have a husband, have children, have this amazing career, have money, that it's, those are tangible things that don't define you. One of the things that I look at the most is like people like um, you think of like Anthony Bourdain, Kate, you know, uh, Kate Spade, all of these mm -hmm. different people, Amy, um, Amy Winehouse, people who are who you would think like this is such a huge thing. You have all this financial success and things wealthy. like your celebrities, mm -hmm. people love you, you're created and you're still empty and you're still because what happens is we think that money is going to fix it. And when you get there and you realize that money still hasn't fixed it, then, then you're left like, well, what is it? I thought this was supposed to be the thing where the thing is really you. Mm -hmm. So if you really connect to yourself and become whole and complete, think about it. Anything you've ever gotten new, 
in your life, you be like, oh my God, this is the best thing. This is the cutest purse. This is the baddest car. This is like the best. And I'm not, not even knocking marriage. And because I think marriage is a beautiful thing. Even when you get married, it's like, okay, great. Like the wedding, the this, okay, it's our first year, it's our anniversary. But things tend to wear, like excitement and things like that wear off. Mm -hmm. True contentment can only be bought, can be internal, and it's very individual. So that's what kick-ass is about. Well, you know, I think that's interesting because I, I was thinking as you were speaking, I was thinking a lot about, like, I have a daughter who is a senior in high school, and I'm not really giving her, because of how I am and I understand, like, the pressure we have to go to college, the pressure we have to live up to other people's expectations, I really haven't put that pressure on it. I really see my daughter is like a free spirit. She's an artist. Um, like she can draw, she can sing. She's been in a lot. Of, I've put her in a lot of acting and stuff. Um, and that's where she thrives. She's not really like the, the you know, the academic person per se. You know, she passes, but that's, you know. But that's not her thing. I mean, that's I not totally her thing. But when it comes to art, when it comes to art and when it comes to her expressing certain things, she's all into it. Like, you know, she just did, a, uh, they did like an improv show and she was all, her heart was in that thing. You know, she really knew mm -hmm. her mind. She knew her stuff. So she's in a smart girl, but she's just not in the academics. And it's interesting because like my in-laws, um, they're going to be the ones that really have a hard time accepting her path. You know, I'm really pushing her to kind of like pursue that, to take some time when she finishes school to maybe work under some people, try some different things, try to see, you know, we might try some more acting classes, but why go to college when, you know, you never were doing that great academically anyway, you did, your best work was in the arts. So like she might get straight A's in drama and music and dance. <laughs> You know, so no, that was me. That was me. I mean, I'm, 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 I did did in school because you know my mom was gonna kill me if I didn't. But it wasn't school. Has never been my big thing. Like I did it because it was something that was expected. But honestly, if I had, I mean, I don't. I think everything happens for a reason. So there, and I'm very happy in my life. So I'm, I don't regret the path. But if you were just talking about doing things over, like I would have loved to go into like Juilliard for drama, or mm -hmm. you know. Or taking, a, or taking a year off or a two off to travel abroad or really mm -hmm. try to identify yourself versus like wasting all this money on stuff that's not genuinely who you are. And I think, you, you know, the world is slowly starting to change towards that perspective of really, you know, acknowledging other paths that aren't traditional like paper pushers or, you know, managerial perspectives. Um, and I think that's great. I, I commend you for that, you know, because your your child has their own gifts and just because it isn't in this perspective i mean one of my favorite persons that talks about how their parents supported them and it wasn't like it was easy and i mean you take certain paths trust me like i said being a journalist i took a big pay cut to go through this but i was so much more happier you know what i'm saying and i realized that money really wasn't what was driving me uh sydney james i don't know if you know her but she's a local Detroit artist and she's like nationally known. And she talks about how her mom is one of, was one of her biggest supporters of her art. And now she's around here getting commissioned, you know, thousands of dollars to do murals across the, across the globe. Like everybody isn't meant for a traditional perspective. There's no cookie cutter path to success. People are successful within their own rights. And honestly, you could be making, you know, $35,000 a year if you're able to like maintain your lifestyle on that and be some of the most content, content people in the world mm -hmm. versus out here with all this stress. And you know, I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong, but it's, you've got to be true to you. So I, yeah, I commend you yourself for that. And pick your own path. I truly believe that too because I think I've been very uh creative by how I've taken the path I've taken uh some different roles and a lot of times I've just tried things and stepped out and did different things that I just thought to do <laughs> you know and some yeah. of them have worked I mean but that's how you, some of them have not worked out. Yeah, yeah but I think that's the best thing about it um when we start worrying about other people and other people's expectations, that's none of our business. And then when we get caught yeah. up in, in something that ain't our business, then we get caught up in feeling, you know, um, you know, just unfulfilled. 
and unhappy. And that's why you get those people that are like, like you spoke of, all those people that had committed suicide over the past years that we thought that look, they like, they look to have the perfect life, the successful life, but something was missing. So money isn't everything. And um, no. I do think you do need to find your path and be true to yourself. I And the one thing I could say about you, AJ, is I, I think that, I know it's probably been a journey for you, but I see that you have really just really embraced you like you like this is me and this is what you get <laughs> you know I <laughs> like, mean I at that. the end of the day at the end of the day shoot I you said I'm you know who I'm always around me mm -hmm. <laughs> right if you haven't been able to look at yourself and kind of be like, oh, I don't really, I take some time to the things that I'm like, oh, well, we could use some improvement in this area to be gentle on ourselves. Like, I'm not perfect and, you know, I fall, I have my moments, but I'm gentle with myself to say, hey, you know, at the end of the day, you're good, you're a good kid. You know, you, you got a good heart and, you know, all my intentions, do they always fall the way that they, sh I want them to know or am I always perceived? you know, the way that I want. I mean, <laughs> it took, like, it's so interesting because people tell me all the time because my hair is pink. <laughs> and um, one of the things that I thought was so powerful, and it's funny how the universe will, like, support you in that, is when I, the whole thing with me doing Live in the D, when it came about, um, and it came out of nowhere, uh, I, I, you never know who's watching you. So, through a series of events, I, I started with one segment and then they wanted me to come in and now we do the whole, you know, what's happening around the D on a consistent weekly basis. One of the things that he told me when I came in, Jay, my producer, he said, I don't want you to change anything. He's like, be like, be yourself. And I was so nervous before I went to do the initial live read because I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm I'm so sister girl. I'm so hey, you know. <laughs> and when I'm on TV, I'm like that. I'm like hey y'all. Like I'm so this person. And I have a little bit of broadcast training from going back to communications. And I'm like ah, oh, I don't really don't fit this whole like news anchor kind of like how Oprah said she didn't really like fit this perspective. But when he told me, he's like, I don't want you to change anything. Like be your personality. That's literally what they wanted so it was such a validation and people come up to me all the time like I love your style I love your hair and I think it's really powerful because you don't really see that in traditional network tv you see a black girl with natural hair that's pink <laughs> <laughs> right so you know because at the end of the day it's like I it's not it's my own self-expression is I like how it looks on me and makes me happy and people come up and say all the time like oh my god I wish I was as bold to do that and what I tell them is like you are I mean you really are and how I know you are is because there was a point probably about five years ago five years ago AJ would be looking at this AJ like girl no you mm -hmm. you know what you're not about to do you're not about to when I cut my hair off I, you know I cut it really low I did that to challenge myself because I don't want to be attached to what other people are thinking of me, you know, and that had its own process. So I'm really a person that challenges, uh, like my own, I have my own personal challenge of not getting connected to people's opinion. And if I feel like I'm getting too caught up into this, I, I try to go the other way to make sure I'm being authentic in my voice and in myself and I'm not doing it because that's what other people want or think or, um, or is, but I mean, it's so funny to be here at this point and remember myself as a kid and who I was as a kid is really who I am now, but I veered myself off based upon expectations, which goes back to what you were saying, as far as your being a parent, seeing that in your kid and being able to like pour into that is such a, is such a big thing. I think it helps with self-esteem and self-concept. So I think it's a really great thing that most parents should do. Are you behind filing prior year's tax returns? Are you unsure of your tax deductions under the new tax law? If this sounds like you, you need tax preparation experts who will assist you quickly and efficiently no matter where you are in the United States. Contact attorney Tanya Clark of CHC Business and Tax Solutions. 
today at 248-802-5571 to handle your tax preparation needs. You can also visit our website at chcbts.com. That's chcbts.com. Yeah, I, I agree because I I was listening to something or, and I had a conversation with someone recently about how usually we're like our most authentic selves until we reach like middle school, right? Yes. And then yes. when we get to middle school, that's when we start feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm different from Keisha. I'm not exactly like Susie, you know? So we try to like kind of fit in, right? So that's yes. when, you start, when you become a teenager, and you start to try to fit in and you want to, you know, you like certain things, but if everybody else don't like it, you kind of feel like, okay, maybe I shouldn't like this type mm-hmm. of thing. And so that's what, because I remember, I, I told my daughter, I remember vividly, she was in the first grade and she wanted to sing in this talent show at the elementary school. So she had practice and practice. I worked with her and she did a whole song by herself and she didn't care. She was just like having fun singing the song. She's still singing to this day. But I remember that show. And then I thought later she performed in several different shows years later. But when she got a little older, like, like you said, about sixth grade, different. I was like, what happened? You had so much confidence when you were a little younger, but it was like once she hit middle school, that's when things start to change. You start worrying about what other people think and what other people are doing. You start comparing yourself and that's what happens. And so most times we lose ourselves once we get, you know, once we pretty yeah. much start to go through puberty, right? <laughs> right. We do, we do. And we have to like get back because I mean, genuinely who you are as a kid is like really the genuine, like your genuine self. And connecting to that is really, you know, it's the whole saying of being a kid at heart is really understanding the constructs. I mean, you know, you you have to fit into society in certain perspectives, but thankfully we live in a time and a country that for the most part, you know, self-expression is something that we, is one of our rights that we can do. And that's really, you know, it's something I'm going to talk about on Manifest Mondays coming up really is where you manifest the most. It's where you're, where you're in joy, when you're just being genuinely happy and creative in who you genuinely are. Like that kid, like wonder is when the universe, I think, meets you and manifests at its most. What would the world be like if we were all truly ourselves? It God, it would be so much easier. I think. Right. I think seriously, it would. I know dating would be better. We end up talking about that, but right. <laughs> I, I could imagine so. I could imagine. Yeah, it'd be a lot easier. <laughs> right. <laughs> I could imagine so. So AJ, what is your favorite word? Dope. I think. Dope. I, I think that's my favorite. It. Like I'd be like, it's dope AF. Cause I don't, I am, I am, I am a, I have a sailor mouth and it's just part of me. Uh, but I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's not really bad. Sometimes it can be. So I, I like the emphasis AF like as fuck just because it's, it's, it's powerful. It's, you know, it's not like you're dope AF. Like you're just, you, it embodies everything. So yeah, so self is probably my, Kick ass is probably my next one. It's funny, it's not, it's not in reverse, but yeah, dope is my favorite word. Awesome. So, uh, what is, what excites you right now? Like, what are you excited about? So, I'm excited that I come up with 25 million ideas in a day. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Um, And I'm learning how to go deep and not wide. Uh, which is a very big thing for creative people. We go out here, have to sometimes like learn how to drill down. Um, so I have a program that I'm working on. Everything goes right. Uh, it should be introduced in the next uh, two weeks. Um, so it's how to, it's um, a 30-day kick-ass kickstart, um, Kickstarter program um that you can sign up via email and it comes with a kick-ass book um so we're doing i'm going to be doing some promotion around that um kind of leading into the new year to kind of kick off 2020 really good and then also kind of build up some momentum around the new book that i'm diving into 
and that whole process. So 2020, I'm very, I'm, I'm 2020 has me excited. I'm, I'm giddy about it for some reason. I, I, I feel something is coming. So I'm, I'm hoping all that is, is true. <laughs> it's, it's coming. It's coming. So for the next book, so this is a series now is, um, from my understanding, you're going to do a whole 10 books for the next 10 years where you've done your first year. So you're going to release a book all the way up until you turn 50. Is that what it is? I appreciate 10 years, 10 books. I mean, you never know. But right now, it's just, <laughs> you some baby, extra baby, that'd be to say, yeah, you gave me five extra books, girl. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about that, but maybe. Um, it's, it's, it's five. It's one book every two years. Okay. Uh, yeah, just to give uh, each book its own due and then to write it and, you know, um, with me, for some reason, I'm the person that experiences it before I can really truly write about it. So a lot of times it's, it's practicality, it's research, and it's my own personal testimony. It's kind of like the, I guess, the mechanism for my books. Uh, so this one is called Selfish. Um, cause each one, so Kick-Ass was the foundational book and each of the books following is one of the chapters in the book in a, a more expanded form. Mm -hmm. So Kick-Ass kind of gives you the teaser, kind of give you the taste. And then we go a deep dive into each chapter. And the reason why I did it that way is because I love to read, but I also have a very short attention span. Um, I'm a person who likes to get stuff on the go. Okay, what are we doing? Okay, give me the information. And then let's process and move forward. So each book is no bit no, I don't anticipate unless the universe says something different, like more than a hundred pages. Um, because one of the biggest books that affected me was literally 89 pages, I think. Um, it's the four agreements. And it's one of my favorite books. I referenced it in my first book. Um, it really changed my perspective on a lot of different things. And I try to really align myself with those agreements, but it's not long. It's not long. It's not big. It's very direct. You get what you need and you move forward. So this one is selfish. I'm a chick's guide to phenomenal self-love. Um, so this one is all talking about self-love. We're going to get into the differences between, you know, all of the self, self-esteem, you know, self-confidence, uh, those two things, a lot of times people like, and I'll, I'm going to go into it a little bit in the book, like the difference, like I'm very self-confident. I'm very courageous. Uh, it does not mean, and a lot of times, like from my outer exterior and my personality, especially people, people would think that I've never struggled in a day in my life with self-esteem. Um, which I really have um, on a very deep level. And those aren't the same things. You know, you can be very self-confident, but not have very strong self-esteem mm -hmm. because I'm courageous. I'm really the type of person that even though I may feel, I don't, I don't feel, may not feel worthy or I'm, I'm not feeling confident in this perspective or having my esteem high in this perspective. I do have a theory of, I feel the fear and I do it anyways. I kind of, you know, not to to be, you know, use profanity, but I get to a point sometimes where I'm just like, fuck it, whatever. Like, let's just do it. Right. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't mean that I have, you know, the esteem or the self-concept uh, behind it that supports all of that confidence. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk about self-love, we talk about wholeness, we're going to talk about completion, talk about, you know, attracting the love that you want by being the love that you need. So it's a, it's a lot. I'm excited about this book. I was excited about Kick-Ass. So I guess I'm excited about every book, but I'm really excited about this one. I think, um, I think it's, it's something that's really needed right now, especially in social media and stuff. Like, we need to love ourselves more. Yeah, yeah. I think we do need to love ourselves. Self-love is very much so needed. And um, I like the spin you put on selfish because sometimes selfish can be looked at as a negative thing. But sometimes mm -hmm. I think we do need to be selfish and take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like you said. Especially as women. We, mm -hmm. we give so much and give to ourselves last. It was one of the things that I really learned a lot about last year about it's okay that you can't be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. um, but it's most important that you be all things to yourself. 
So that is kind of what I'm using going into the book this, you know, thus far. I'm excited about it. Awesome. I think I think it sounds like um, a great series and um, hopefully we'll still get five more books out of you. <laughs> <laughs> in the coming future yeah. <laughs> just kidding. I, I don't know where i got i don't know where i got it from I, I remember you broke it down and it's been right. a while since we talked about I it like maybe you know maybe maybe the universe told you something that i don't know yet i'm open i'm open i didn't think i was gonna be doing this managing editor position knowing how my butt can't stand being at the office so I, you never know. I'm just being open. That's kind of where my I'm really trying to practice on manifesting. Like, look, these are my intentions. The universe brings the things into my life that are for my highest good, and I won't say no. Awesome, awesome. So what is your message, AJ, that you want to share with the world? I, you know, I really think it is really kind of the thing that you said at first, like really be authentic to yourself. Um, you know, the best love is self-love. You can never, I think if people were authentic and really wholly love themselves, um, the world would be a better place. A lot of times, a lot of the stuff that's happening in the world right now is a lot of people are just broken you know they're broken in very different ways and it's not very you know a lot of times we look at people that may have mental health issues that are visible um and we're like oh they have this they have that but if you really look at yourself like we are struggling on some level of like mental health issues a lot of us need you know therapy a lot of us need to do some self-healing um and so i'm very i, I think that's my probably if I was a soapbox preacher it's that like self-awareness self-love self-healing because if you heal yourself you become whole like and a lot of the things that happen like hurt people hurt people mm -hmm. and that's really what a lot of times people are doing hurt people are out here hurting people or projecting on other people and now you affected and then your kids is affected now we at school with teachers who are affected and they affecting our children like it's a whole world perspective that if we really showed each other a lot of love and we learned, but you can't show people love if you don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. It's like, we have to learn how to love ourselves, be whole and complete so that we can function from a place of love. Love comes from a perspective of understanding. Love knows that it doesn't have to be right. Love knows that, you know, maybe you believe something different than me. It doesn't mean that you're a wrong, you're a bad person or I have to browbeat you. And so what I, I love you enough and I love myself enough to let you have that space. So that's really my thing. We really need to get back to a place of, of self-love and love for one another. I mean, that's biblical, you know, and the Bible is says the whole Bible is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible where it says on these two things, hang all the law to love God and to love yourself as your love your neighbor, as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you don't love yourself, how is, how can you love your neighbor then? So right. that's probably my big, because I, I think, honestly, it sounds so guru-y and hippie, but when I tell you I think it's, it's the answer, <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, I do believe love is the answer. And like you said before, like a lot of times it's so simple. Like people don't, like things are simple, but we like to make things more complicated. So sometimes we can't really fathom that we just simply need to love ourselves, right? We simply need to love others as we love ourselves and, you know, yeah. love more. And and we could change, you know, make, you know, make a change in the world just by love, by love. And that's what God is. God is love. And a lot of people try to make things so much more than what it is, but it's love. Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I think that is great. And I love that, AJ. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a preacher of love. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I think, hey. Uh, hey, I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. So how do you define success? Um, let's see. I think success is really, a, it's a personal perspective. You know, it's kind of like, how do you define a good relationship? You know, it's really based upon what your personal identifying factors is. For me, success is being able to be content and at peace 
being able to, of course, you know, from a financial perspective, who wouldn't want to be like billionaire rich? I don't even know if that's really what I want because I don't know what come with the problem. <laughs> um, but I want to be able to take care of myself. I want to be able to have enough wealth and have enough wisdom to be able to infect change and have a, be a contributing member to my community and affect and help people. Um, so if I'm in a financial, mental, and spiritual position to do that, that's success to me. Awesome. Awesome. And you spoke a little bit about uh, one of your books that you uh, enjoyed, but what is either your favorite book or a book that you're currently reading right now? So my current book that I'm reading right now is uh, The Law of Attraction by Esther Hicks. Um, and I've read it before, but it's a, it's a deep dive. Um, that is what I'm currently reading. Is Esther um, the one who did, uh, The Secret? Was she in The Secret? I don't think so. No? Okay. That might I, think, be I could be wrong because she's, she's more of a person that's channeled through a universal entity that talks yes. about. Yeah. And so she you're talking about Abraham. Different Abraham. Yes. That's Abraham, Abraham, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So I don't know. She was Abraham. Is that the same lady, Abraham? Uh-huh. Okay. So yes. she was, okay. At one point they were in the secret, but I think she might've been taken out of the secret. It was a whole big thing with that, but she was a part of the secret originally. And oh, okay. I have studied Abraham Hicks and it's interesting. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of weird a little bit because it's like she speak. It's Abraham speaks through her, and mm. but when you listen to it, a lot of it is really real. And when she yeah, out, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I'm you know, I think it's so interesting that a lot of times people are like, uh, especially being a kid that's a preacher's kid. I grew up starkly Pentecostal. It's so interesting that people can believe, and I look, I believe. I'm the type of person, you can pray to a rock. If it's going to make you a better person, if it's going to make you a better contributing <laughs> member to society, because I do believe there are people that are attached to a lot of different religions and it isn't doing anything for their for their soul or you still not a good person. So maybe sure. this, not saying that the religion is wrong, maybe it's just not right for you. Um, but there is, to me, I think there's a lot of different I don't think there's any cookie cutter way to most things in life. There's no cookie word cutter way to a relationship, to success, to because people are too varied and your experiences are too varied. But what I identify with is it's it's just interesting because we can believe in like the Bible and God and Jesus, which I'm not saying, please don't nobody come crucify me. I'm not saying it's not real or your faith isn't real, but it's your faith. You know what I'm saying? You can have your faith that a man can prophesy over you, but another person is is speaking just like ministers say they hear from God. She says she hear from it. What's, That's I, true. You know, That's true. It's really yeah. the same thing. It's just based upon where you want to place your faith mm-hmm. um, because all of it is really based on faith any type of spiritual reading, new age, Christianity, all of it is based on faith. So if it's based on faith, how is it, can you say that your faith is wrong and mine is right or vice versa? So, you know, people are, there's a very real thing of cognitive dissonance, especially in the black community when it talks about Christian church that, you know, it's just, it's hard to break away from that. Being a person that have went through it, you know, that is so foreign to you or is so pagan to you that you feel like it's wrong um, or it feels weird. So I think that's the thing. But sometimes it just, it doesn't resonate. And I'm the type of person, if something doesn't resonate to, to you, then it's just not meant for you. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's right. It just doesn't mean it's not meant for you. Law of Attraction, probably one of the biggest, outside of the Four Agreements, the biggest book that has changed my spiritual life is a book uh, called Journey of the Souls. And when I say it's the first book outside of the Bible or anything else that I picked up that immediately resonated with me and changed my life and changed my, like literally changed my whole perspective in a very amazing way uh, that book has. And it's very unorthodox and it's not a lot of people who are probably attached to it. But for me, it has given me a higher purpose and a higher way of treating people and a higher 
perspective and ownership and accountability of myself. And I think that it, it, it can't be bad if it's making me treat you better or treat my neighbor better, you know, versus I was going to church every day and I was still doing the same thing. So <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So it's, it's that perspective, but those are the books that are probably like my favorite books right now. Awesome. Awesome. So what's your favorite tool that you use to operate in business? Uh, my favorite book right now, no, my favorite tool. So I love because I'm techie and I love like setting up things and that's what I'm doing for 2020. I'm really trying to set up things that can make me money passively, you know, so it's, it's over there working and I don't have to really like do things and it's just generating income because I'm doing so many things and because I got my hand in so many things, I need systems and things set up to just work <laughs> and make me money while I'm over here doing this. Um, so my favorite, 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 favorite tool is ConvertKit. Okay. It is my favorite tool. It's because it's like everything. You can do forms. You can set up email like systems. You can do newsletters. Like it's this one-stop shop. Probably, in, probably my second thing, and I can't. I'm gonna say it, but I can't vouch for it yet because I've just started using it. Is Seventeen Hats? Oh, I've heard. Um, of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've just because. You know, I've been kind of like, I'll, I'll admit, I've been a little willy-nilly with the accounting, you know, like the business and the content, I'm really good at, I'll be out here just spending money, so <laughs> I need to, so I, I needed to get me a better accounting system, and I like the fact that it, you know, it goes from invoice to contract to, and it has its, like, own system, so once you set this, you just got to take the time to set the system up, and it does it for you. Those are, like, my two favorite right now awesome awesome well actually aj that was the last question oh that was okay <laughs> yeah. girl my graphic designer looking at me like uh don't you know you got a paper to put out <laughs> yeah but yeah yeah I, this was awesome i thank you so much for being on the podcast i really want to wish you the very best at all your endeavors thank you and, uh, thank you for having me this was fun i always yeah. like talking it inspires me i needed the break I've been looking at print pages all day, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. Well, thanks for taking a break on the podcast and sharing some of the great and awesome things that you're doing and some of the wisdom that you have and just continue to do that. I know there's only more. I can't wait to hear more about uh, the kick-ass that you have coming up in a few weeks and the next book. And so I'll definitely uh, leave uh, all your links to your book and your website and everything in the show notes. And thank you. Um, you're welcome. So that was AJ Williams, everybody. Thank you so much. And we are out. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also, connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also, email us at bb networkpodcast at gmail.com you can also connect with me on instagram at i am brandy taylor and at exquisite looks we're also on facebook and twitter at exquisite looks and you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com i really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon remember that all things are possible if you only believe stay great